Petrangelo and Eichel play catch out high. Right wing shot, save, rebound, score! Stevenson, power play goals in consecutive games. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Pass goes to Marciusil, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go. Theodore scores his second of the period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Ooh, that was a learning experience today at City National Arena in the opening day of the Vegas Golden Knights training camp prior to the 2022-2023 National Hockey League season. Fast pace. Mm-hmm. Three different groups uh, going uh, in 35-minute uh, shifts. Uh, each did 35-minute uh, shifts on the ice, and it was physical. It was intense. You could tell that the the players were coming back off a season in which they didn't make the playoffs as well as with a new head coach, and, uh, and it was illuminating. A little bit of a tease as far as what to expect o- over the next 10 months of the National Hockey League season. A first look at Bruce Cassidy and uh, his charges uh, leading this team. Uh, the centers today include Jack Eichel, Chandler Stevenson, William Carlson, and Nick Waugh as the lineup uh, came uh, into glimpse uh, as far as uh, what to expect on opening day. So a, a couple of different uh, uh formations out there on the ice yeah it was it was definitely different it it was a a new look to the vegas golden knights on the ice for day one of training camp um and you know not not a bad thing i I think that change is good i think the ability to um to to utilize some different looks especially here early on um is is important and that's really where the golden knights are at this is going to be a competition this is going to be a a really good solid dialed in training camp and you could sense the enthusiasm from everybody uh we've uh talked the uh talk about getting back inside the dressing room being able to uh communicate directly with these players uh, that is awesome chandler stevenson uh, coming up in just a, a little bit uh, we'll get uh, his thoughts on this uh training camp uh being back with Mark Stone, but also having Jonathan Marcheseau on the ice. Uh, Butch Cassidy, uh, Bruce Cassidy, uh, has uh, has just uh, met with the media. Uh, three different groups. Uh, boy, the coaches must be exhausted as well. Uh, they were out there for uh, every single shift, so that was uh, a long day for them. Uh, and uh, just the the vibe around the rink was one that uh, it was answering back to uh not making the playoffs and mm. hitting the ground running. This was not from what we've seen in other teams and as well other years, sorry, and uh, with other teams where you go along in the playoffs and you ease back in. This was right off the bat, really, really high tempo. Yeah, high tempo, a lot of energy. Um, everyone looked to be in great shape. You know, the the, the players, um, that, that first 35 minutes to, to each session was was high-paced and a lot of velocity up and down the ice. Um, I, I was impressed, incredibly impressed um, at just how, how much energy there was in the building, how much you can kind of feel that this team was excited to be back on the ice, and I think that that's going to be so important this year. 
Uh, Captain Mark Stone uh, was a participant at training camp today, which is great news. Uh, there was some speculation because, remember, he had the uh, the off-season surgery uh, to get his back in order that uh, we wouldn't see him for a little bit. And how much would he be involved in training camp? Will he get into a game? Well, it certainly sounds like we will see him in a game, and we saw him on the first day of training camp. So uh, let's uh, turn it over to Mark and let him talk to you about uh, whether or not uh, there was uh, the talk about the, the preseason games and what we might see him in this exhibition schedule. I think these first three days are going to be a big uh, uh, test to kind of figure that one out. Um, uh, today was hard. See how I feel tomorrow. Um, skate again. I'm sure we'll have another uh, you know, good, good hard skate tomorrow. And then Sunday, or what is it today? Saturday, we'll have a good hard skate. I think I'll be traveling to Colorado. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure I won't be traveling to Colorado, but um, I definitely anticipating uh, uh, and hoping to play. Uh, you know, I've missed preseasons before. It's not the greatest thing in the world. You, you always feel a little step behind, so it'd be nice again at least uh, at least one or two games uh, moving forward. And I think I plan on it, but uh, until uh, you know, put through, put myself through uh, you know a hard camp. I don't think I can really answer that yet. And it was a hard camp, mm-hmm. and he he didn't miss a rotation. No, which is another added element to the best news of the day was Mark Stone being out there on the ice. Yeah, it full. I mean, you know, participating in everything. There were some of those contact drills. I know he was in a red jersey, but uh, he was still in and competing. And you know, I think a lot of this is just going to be the ramp up, right? The 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 seeing where the body's at, the more stress you put it under in order to get ready for the season the idea the 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 simple fact that mark stone is eyeing and hoping for not just a preseason game but maybe a couple of them uh, is a great sign early on in camp yeah uh, the optimism about getting into a preseason game is a direct reflection of being healthy and feeling good uh, here's mark stone talking about his body yeah I mean, it's night and day uh, nerve pain's gone Thank God, I've never been through that in my life before. Um, uh, most of the guys that leaned over guys were our ex-teammates. Um, I had a teammate uh, get the exact same thing done at my age and uh, just finished playing hockey at 39. So um, definitely encouraged to, to see other guys' stories. And um, you know, I think if I you know, take care of myself uh, know, the way I know I'm going to, I think I should be, should be able to play a lot, a lot more years in this league. About a year ago, mm-hmm that we started to really notice the back being an issue. It actually went back to the series against the Montreal Canadiens, as we we found out later. But uh, this was uh, about the time that uh, it started to become uh, somewhat of a concern. And then that first game uh, that that he skated in uh, against the Los Angeles game two uh, of last year's season against the uh, Los Angeles Kings, where it really seized seized up on him. But uh, when it comes to being out there today, red jersey or not, mm-hmm. Mark Stone, that was a win. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm about four months almost in. Um, like the rehab process is usually, you know, three on a short end, five on a long end. Um, yeah, I think I definitely fit somewhere in between there. Um, you know, I think some guys get the surgery; it's been bothering them for for years. Uh, some guys get the surgery; it's been bothering them for months. Those guys usually come back a little bit quicker. Me, it was kind of in between. You know, I was, I was battling for about a year. So, you know, the nerve is definitely inflamed, but uh, I think I'm in a good spot, you know. Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, 
the captain is out there mm-hmm. and skating in front of his head coach. Bruce Cassidy uh, ran yeah, his we, first training camp. So people know around them. You know how training camps can be, right? I mean, everyone here that's been played with Mark knows, right? Okay, we're going to... But you never know. A young guy's battling hard, and, and so that's, be mindful of that when a guy has a red jersey on. It's, it's entirely up to Mark right now how much he can handle. So I think today was a good step. He got through it all. Tomorrow will be important. Did, you know, how does he feel waking up in the morning? As you said, is it just the aches and pains like every other guy in the room from sort of battling again? Or is it something more serious? So hopefully it, it, it comes out on the right side of that. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm not going to tell you exactly what game he'll go in, but yes, that is our intention to get some some exhibition games in. Again, kind of like practice, if he progresses well, that is definitely part of the uh, the game plan from the medical team to Mark to ourselves. So yes, now, I wouldn't anticipate the first couple. Let's say it'd be later. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it, it'll be. It'll depend on Mark, uh, how he's how he's doing. But yes, the answer is we, we'd like to see him play a few. You mentioned that the first few days are going to be more of a training, more of a teaching type of thing. How do you feel young guys did? Uh, I thought uh, some of them have started the process in San Jose. Like we start to incorporate a little bit how we're going to play without trying to paralyze them in terms of thinking. Like go out and play. You're here to you know show what you can do, but try to stay within the the structure so I thought our young guys were fine I thought everyone w- was trying to so we do a video before sort of like here's what we're going to do on the ice through the practice drills and let's try to work on that and uh, I thought everyone had the um, the right mindset that way there's always going to be some teaching points where guys have come from a different system we're going to have to work on them but for the most part I thought it was it was pretty fluid we built it up from sort of one-on-one two-on-two right up to five-on-five and we're going to work from our end out every day. Today was more of a D zone breakout day. Tomorrow we'll work through the neutral zone a little more, some attacks, defending the blue line, and then the last, and then the last day would be more ozone stuff, and then kind of start over and see where, yeah, but that's what we're trying to implement every day. And I thought the young guys were, were very good, some better than others because some are further along. I don't want to get into specifics, but uh, no complaints. <clears throat> Well, we put some lines together, and we'll go from there. That what you see now may or may not be what you see. Guys are going to move around. I just think that's inevitable. Uh, how much they move around will probably be well. How how much chemistry is there at certain times? We want to get players that can play their strengths, mesh with other people, but still have a good combination of you know guys that can make a play, guys that are willing to get to the net to open ice, guys that can hang on to pucks low and ozone. How do they complement? So there's a lot of that that goes into it. That's how we started today, and we'll we'll go from there. You got two guys and Logan and Dean kind of battling in net for playing time. What are things are you looking from each of them this preseason? Well, they'll have to just keep sharpening up their game as they go along, and and who looks the most comfortable? Uh, Sean Burke will have a lot to say in that. They're each going to get, I would think, a fair amount of time to play. Uh, we have seven games. Um, we want to make sure we do a good evaluation. But that evaluation will go right into the regular season. We're not, like I said, I don't think in two, three weeks you can say this guy's a definitive, this guy isn't. I think that'll sort itself out. Um, but, yes, there is competition to and see who can get ahead of the other. And, and I'm sure they want to get ahead and stay ahead. <clears throat> system. How's it been for you in terms of 
preparing mentally and, and looking at these new faces and, and you coming in. You're, you, it's your system, but it's new guys. Well, we're changing some things. We're not changing everything. I think this team's had a lot of success. Um, we're tweaking some things that we feel that areas that we, we could make the team better. Uh, some of that's how we're going to play in our own end. Um, there's offensive things that we'll keep that I think the Golden Knights have done well for years. So um, we're not going to change everything. For me, it's getting how to communicate certain areas of the game to each position. You know, some guys need it in groups, some need it individual, some need the video and practice on the ice and you know what I mean there's a lot that goes into it some guys pick it up quickly so we're trying to sort that'll be the challenge for us as coaches okay what, what works best for each guy so but at the end of the day um, every guy has to sort of not sort of every guy has to find a way to to understand his his job it's it's a in the D zone where it's the biggest change it's it's a layered system and it's five men's with support so the guys have to trust their their guy beside them and they do take care of their area so that'll be one of the bigger challenges when you're used to playing a little more man to man so um, that's how I look at it I think the guys have been very very receptive when we've talked about it uh, in the summer but till you get on the ice and do it we'll find out where the hiccups are and, and where the challenges are for the, this group of players and how we can get them most comfortable, right? I mean, you can't jam something down their throat that they're that, that they don't understand. I don't think that'll be an issue, but there'll probably be some players you have to dive into it a little more, and that's fine. All we did today was we started from instead of going right into sort of five on five coverage, we did one on one, two on two. So we take a break, we talk about it, we went three on three then to five on five. So just kind of building blocks is, is how we did it. So that wasn't, that's just the way I, I think is the easiest way to teach something. You get, you know, you can't go from A to A to F, you know, you got to go through the steps and that's what we do today. And hopefully as the year goes on, we can eliminate some of those steps and get there quicker. Um, you know, that's the plan, but that'll be how quickly, how good a job do, are we doing getting our sort of what we want to get across and, and are they picking it up? <clears throat> Jack Eichel, yeah. Well, I expect he'll be uh, a really good player for us. How's he going to do that? He's going to drive his line, you know, both ends of the ice. As a centerman, we ask a lot in our system to defensively, offensively. I'm not too worried about Jack. He's he's been very good in the league, and that that comes you know real natural to him. Uh, expectations are he'll do his part to make us a good team and win. From there, I don't know. This is our first go around, so we'll see how Jack responds to to different things. Uh, I expect he'll have a real good year. Health will be part of that. Um, hopefully has consistency in his line mates. Again, that goes to health and production too. So um, that's the plan for Jack. Uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of the plan for everybody, to be honest with you. <clears throat> How are you kind of Well, he's not here right now. We'd love to have him. I think teaching new things that would help and benefit him, but that's not the case. Um, uh, hopefully that, that's the business side of it, that uh, we're on to the next guy. And once he gets here, then uh, he's earned the right to, to be in the lineup and play. We'll see where he's at in, in all those areas. But right now, it's Ben Hunt will get a few more reps because he's the guy that's been here the most. I thought uh, Korzak and Ahak were very good um, in San Jose as a pair. They're younger guys. We've had Hayes and Pahal who've been up and played. So 
there's other guys that will be competition. They'll have to look at it like the goalies are right now. We got a guy out, so hey, you know, be the next best guy. Um, it could be right or left. Don't forget, because Theo's a lefty playing the right side. So if, if it's a righty, that's you know the next you know the guy that deserves to go in, then we'll just push somebody over. So that's kind of how we're we're looking at it. We're not overthinking. You know, we don't want to put something in these young guys' heads because I don't know how it's going to play out with Nick. Like I said, we would want him back as early as tomorrow if possible. If it's not, these guys just got to plug away every day and do what's asked to them and play well in the exhibition games and, you know, outplay your competition. That That's pretty standard for guys that are on the outside looking in, no matter what position you're in. Another guy that you think is kind of trying to battle for a spot at the bottom of the lineup is uh, Sakari Manon, and we saw him at center today. Do you see him more as a center? Yeah, we put him where... Um, we were told to put them from the European scouts. Uh, and then a lot of guys that are trying to make the team, it helps if you're versatile. You play a little wing, a little you know, center. That, that's just going to make you that much more valuable. But I found he was uh, slippery. Um, pretty smart hockey player out there. He's, he's been playing, my guess is most of his, his life, he's probably been on the smaller side and had to navigate his, around, his way around <clears throat> you know, bigger men. So he's learned to do it a long time ago and he'll have to learn to do that here. Um, but I liked his game. He's got to compete too. Obviously, when you're you're a little undersized, you got to be pretty gritty, typically. And and he certainly uh, showed those things today. There is head coach Bruce Cassidy <laughs> and his post game or post practice mm-hmm. uh, news conference uh, following the opening day of training camp. Uh, marvelous to hear some of the assessment about uh, lines about. Uh, Mark Stone uh, getting into Nick Hag was the subject of some of the latter uh, questions uh, regarding the restrictive free agent who is uh, in negotiations uh, with the hockey club and and the goaltending as well. Yeah, I I think it was fantastic. <laughs> that that was really great stuff from from Bruce Cassidy there. Uh, the the note there at the end on Sakari Manon and about being slippery like. That that's a perfect word to use because there are, are drills that he was doing today where he just kind of finds a way to get open and get that shot off. So, um, you know, for me, I, I look at it as as Bruce Cassidy is 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 open to molding this team and open to finding where the pieces fit the best. And you have kind of an outline, right, of what you're looking for, what you want from each individual line, what you're looking for and what you want from your defensive pairings. But how it molds and shapes over the course of the next two weeks is going to be really interesting to see. Uh, So we heard him talk about uh, some things that he's going to tweak, Mm -hmm. mostly from a... uh, from a defensive aspect sure. to uh, the uh, idea that uh, that they're going to keep some things the same, uh, do you have a, a, an a impression or an idea of what they're what they're going to switch? What they might keep the same? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know the the defensive zone, and you know, he he mentioned it a couple of times, more of a of a zone type defense where I think you know the the difference that I would view that as is the Golden Knights wanted to get pucks back so that they could get back onto uh, in transition and onto offense. I think with Bruce Cassidy what you're what you're going to be looking for is the the taking away of those higher danger, higher traffic areas where a lot of teams are trying to get to. And even if you don't get the puck back immediately because everything's so covered and so so well covered that you're not going to run into too many issues. Once you get the puck back, you're able to just go 
right in on 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 offense and in transition. So I, I'm very curious to see how it all translates. I, I love the bit of starting it with just a couple of facets and then adding layers and layers because that's really an interesting way of looking at teaching something brand new. I uh, got a chance to uh, sit with Darren Elliott, former National Hockey Leaguer and uh, VGK broadcaster uh, through most of today's uh, three sessions on the Asset City National Arena. And Darren Elliott joins us uh, now. Thanks for uh, stopping by. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for letting me bug you with all the questions today. Uh, you noticed uh, <laughs> something in particular. Uh, one thing I don't think he's going to change uh, that wasn't as prevalent in, in Boston but will be here is defensemen joining the rush and being able to, to generate offense from the back. End. But defensive zone coverage, uh, uh, how did wh- what, what's the difference, uh, how they're going to play it compared to wh- how they used to? I think, uh, and Ryan's right, isn't Bruce Cash, isn't breath of fresh air in terms of, <laughs> he's given us some real info, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, that's not just, uh, it's just not boilerplate. That's, that's really, the fans are going to enjoy that. Uh, in terms of, you know, when you're playing more of a static um Zone coverage. It, it, I mean, everyone's watched the sports, basketball, football. What that means is, if there's somebody in your area, that's your guy. When he leaves, then he's no longer your responsibility, but your responsibilities don't end. That's where he talks about layering. I means you better figure out then who is your guy now that that person that you had leaves your zone. So it's going to be interesting. Yes, the D will get up the ice, but it's like we're not leading the rush from the back end. We're not in a rush to get to the rush, if you will. We're going to be really structured coming out of our zone, and then from there, let's go after it. Darren Elliott joins us uh, on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, What was your takeaway from day number one? Uh, Battle drills. They started with battle drills. I mean, we're talking about one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, five-on-five coverage. This was not a uh, uh, a non-contact day. Right. Day one, so you better be in shape because that there's nothing more taxing than skating and banging bodies and trading paint with guys and really, you know, kind of getting effort in, in, you know, small area battle drills. I mean, so I, I really like that approach. It, it meant, like, we're not asking if you're if you're ready to go. You better be ready to go. You're right about that. And I had a chance to talk to a couple of people uh, as the day went on, uh, players, and it was filtering through everybody in the organization, those in session two, session three, that, oh, the pace is really high in in one. Uh, We're going to battle. And by the time it got to the session three guys who were getting uh, their gear on going, Oh, the worst part is sitting around waiting for this all day because they knew uh, that, it, that it wasn't just dip your toe in it. It was going to be a workout. And it was. And, you know, it's, it's interesting the way they did it. Uh, back in the day, they used to have double sessions, and, and they were kind of unlimited. Now they went back to the kind of that old-style format, on the ice twice, off the ice with other stuff. But, of course, you're in the confines of the players' agreement of, of three hours at the rink. But so you, so you only were on the ice for 35 minutes. So they shortened the sessions. It's kind of a, a blend of old school and new school. I, I, I found it interesting, to be honest with you. What about your, uh, your time in the National Hockey League? Uh, <laughs> how, how, does it, uh, how does it compare to some of the, the drills or, or approaches that coaches made in your day? Well, st- 
Stone Age days, so you're talking the 80s. <laughs> so the, the approach was, you know, you you were at the rink for a, an awfully long time. I would I would say that uh, everybody's more efficient players and coaches nowadays um, in terms of what they're trying to get to. Um, you know, for us, it was a lot of guys were getting. It came. It was still that era. Like Marcel Dion was was our, our leader. Right, he's our he's our captain. He's he's the guy. Well, Dave Taylor was a captain, but Marcel Dan was our superstar. He was the kind of guy who would still score a point a game by Christmas, but wasn't really in game shape until Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this this showing up and being ready uh, that hadn't that hadn't been part of the game yet. Let's just put it that way. What's the weirdest drill or strangest uh, surprise at a training camp? What, uh, when I played? Yeah. Well, what they inter- tried to introduce stuff, right? So so I remember, well, there was two things that was I found strange. L.A., and what do you do? The first thing you do is you go on vacation. Our training camp was in Victoria, British Columbia. <laughs> that was bizarre. <laughs> we went salmon fishing. We did, we did all kinds of stuff away from the rink that it seemed like I'm on vacation. I'm trying to make an NHL club. Uh, the second thing was, and this, this does... The, the, the conversation, they introduced aerobics. Aerobics? Okay, so, aerobics. So, so you know, like uh, uh, flash dance and uh, <laughs> those kinds of... Yeah. Hey, think of that. So, so these are like to a bunch of hockey players. Now, for me, I was, I was actually a guy that did stay physically fit, and I used a lot of jump rope. So low-impact slash high-impact aerobics didn't affect me. But like I said, Marcel Dion, a bunch of, uh, Brian McClellan, who's now the GM of the Washington Capitals, these are guys that were, uh, Brian was a big guy. Uh, you know, you got Marcel, who's a short, stocky guy. Let me just put it this way. After two days of, of us doing aerobics to warm up, which had just been introduced, uh, we had about eight or nine guys that couldn't go because of shin splints. That's the level of fitness. That's the level of fitness we're talking about at the NHL level. Whereas today, Bruce Cassidy is expecting everybody to be ready to go for battle drills. That's that's the uh, the arc of of uh, get things getting better in the National Hockey League, both from a coaching perspective and from a training perspective. Everybody comes in shape. We know that. Uh, elite condition, but battle, yeah. drills, uh, battle drills did catch everybody's uh, yeah. eye today. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, you know, I, I do want to kind of circle back real quick to some of the changes that, that Bruce Cassidy is going to be implementing. Not them specifically, but as a player, when, when you've been used to doing something a certain way for two, three seasons now, how quickly are you able to kind of turn that page and get dialed in with what's new? It's a great point because, as you heard, Bruce Cassidy doesn't know either. Yeah. Some guys need it in group format. Some need it individual. Some need more visual. Um, the, the, the thing about playing more strict zone is there's more switches. So there's more communication mm-hmm. that's required in your own zone. That's the piece that that you don't, you can't really gauge. I think it's it's a smart way to play. To be honest with you, and if you think of the, the, the kind of the progress or however you want to view it, you went from Gerard Gallant, who was strict man on man, to Pete DeBoer, who was really a man zone 
kind of a combination, and now you're into a full-blown zone. It just allows you to be really stable. Um, what you can count on is you, we will be hard to score on. Well, it's a really good system when you have, especially when you have questions in goal like we do. So it's going to be you're going to be hard to generate quality scoring chances. And to your point, Ryan, you hope that's right away, but it's it's not a it's not a given. Uh, before we let you go, uh, there was yeah. a lot of chatter out there today, wasn't there? Well, it has to be, yeah. I mean, part of it is what you guys were talking about earlier in the show about the energy was excellent. So the guys are, like, they're happy to be back. That was a long off season for this franchise, and, and no, it doesn't sit well with anybody. But on the other hand, it, it's really required if you're going to be good in your own zone and, and, and really implement that system properly, you have to talk an awful lot. I saw Petrangelo uh, tap his defense partner during one yeah. drill, like, get over there, uh, just get a little bit of encouragement to go along. And uh, that's something that you and I can probably lean on, or certainly me, <laughs> uh, when it comes to communication, because I thought we had it set up yesterday <laughs> that you were going to join the program, and you were aware of the idea of you joining the program, but you didn't find out that you were actually going to be on the program until you were listening yesterday. Well, yeah, and I, I don't want to take anything for granted. We We have... Side conversations. It's just conversation. Yeah. But to get on this show, I, I don't want to take anything for granted, for sure. I, I'm always happy to join you guys, but don't. I know you guys are. There's like a waiting list to get on to talk to you guys about hockey. So from all over, all over the NHL landscape. So I, I didn't want to take it, uh, you know, anything for granted. Uh, glad to get on there and talk though, with you guys. Always. <laughs> he's driving around the Las Vegas Valley. And he's like, I, I am joining. Oh, I guess I am joining. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> I am a faith. I am one of the faithful listeners. You are. <laughs> Papa Lou, Rita, Stephanie, Stephanie, <laughs> and Darren Elliott. Yeah, and Dar- D E. Fifth on the list. DE so, does. Maybe uh, just outside the top five. <laughs> and we knew, we were negotiating car deals today, and we were doing all kinds of stuff today, uh, also booking guests. <laughs> hey, right. uh, uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, good, to, good to be back talking to you. Yeah, likewise, guys. He's the best. Uh, Darren Elliott uh, joining us on Fox Sports Las Vegas. want to get to Chandler Stevenson after the break. Also, Two tickets uh, to see the Golden Knights take on the Los Angeles Kings on Monday. I'll do that in the next segment, which is one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League coming up next. We'll tell you what else is happening around the NHL. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace give you an idea of what else is happening around the National Hockey League in just a couple of minutes. Uh, first, want to uh, invite you to call 702-876-1340, 702-876-1340. Caller number 7 will win a four-pack to Monday's preseason opener at T-Mobile Arena, Game 2 of the exhibition schedule for the Vegas Golden Knights as they take on the Los Angeles Kings. So uh, call now, and Chris Chapman is standing by as we uh, wait for the things to light up on the phone standpoint. Let's listen to Chandler Stevenson on day one of training camp. Yeah, I think that's uh, you know kind of the best thing is um, just to kind of get that normalcy back. Um, just as far as you know, the regular season's gone the last two years. Not really having a camp, and um, yeah, I think it's you know it's nice to get 
you know, back in the swing of things and, you know, even having media in the room now and, um, you know, just kind of everything seems to be back to normal, which, I mean, that's what you're so used to uh, in all the years I've played, you know, get your summer, come back for camp and just kind of roll from there. So it's nice to definitely be more in a groove even, you know, when the season ended, you're kind of, all right, start working out, get ready for camp, camp, regular season kind of thing. What's the, what's the off season like for you? Because this is the longest off season you've had probably in, in, in your career. So so just what's it like when, when the season ends and you, you look at the calendar, you're like, wow, I got like four or five months before we can start this up again. Yeah, I think uh, for me the biggest thing is just kind of, you know, reset, I guess, just kind of forget about, I guess, everything, hang the skates up for a bit and, um, yeah, just kind of have a full reset and refresh and then uh, get back into it, um, enjoy family and friends and being at the lake and uh, that kind of thing. And, yeah, I think eventually you get to a point where it feels like, you know, you haven't done anything for a month or two months, but it's only been two weeks. So, uh, yeah, you, you, you want to start doing something uh, even when maybe you shouldn't. You should still be kind of taking some more time off. How hard is it to, to hit that reset button, though? Because you, you kind of got to forget about last season, but obviously it's still going to be in your memory. It's going to maybe motivate you a little bit. So, so how hard is it to hit that reset button? Um, I mean, for me, last year, yeah, obviously, um, you know, it wasn't the outcome that we wanted, but you kind of reflect on the year and how many man games we did have lost and, uh, you know, how many games, uh, you know, I, I personally played and, um, you know, you are kind of exhausted by the end of it and um, it is, I guess, more of a reflection than kind of more of a frustrating thing where, you know, a guy like Stoney where, you know, he's hurt majority of the year, he just, you know, wants to be healthy and play and contribute. So, you know, he'll be feeling different about it and, you know, everybody has their different uh, ways, I guess, how they feel about it, you know, whether you're injured and uh, missing the year, you know, you're kind of plugging away and grinding it out and trying to, you know, get into the playoffs. There is Chandler Stevenson speaking to the media, including Chris Chapman uh, primarily at the uh, opening of training camp uh, today. Mm -hmm. Boy, that was uh, fun being in the room. Chandler even talked about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as other action around the National Hockey League, it's time for one-timers. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Nick Haig not on the ice today with the Vegas Golden Knights, the restricted free agent, uh, unable to come to terms on a contract by the start of camp so we will wait and watch that but that is the first mile marker that i mm-hmm. uh, talked about uh, other action uh, on that front uh, trevor zegras uh, he has his contract but they're already talking extension and mm-hmm. during his media availability today ducks general manager pat Verbeek said that he'll wait until after this season ends to work out a contract extension with the team's budding star mm. uh, kind of goes against some of the trends in the NHL to get that thing done, i.e. Uh, the St. Louis Blues took care of a couple of players on that front. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, listen, I I understand giving it, giving it until the end of the season. Uh, the question becomes Trevor Zegers and what he can do. And, you know, this is a kid 
that if you're the Anaheim Ducks and you're looking for that next big star, I'd argue that it's going to be one of Trevor Zegras or Mason Matavich. Maybe both. Maybe both guys. Um, so best case scenario is Trevor Zegras has a monster year. So you've got your next guy, but it's also going to cost, I think, something uh, if he has a big year. So I-, I like the idea of waiting until the end of the season. You're not necessarily in a rush at this point to to put pen to paper just yet. But it gives Trevor Zegers a lot of motivation to go out there and have a, m- a massive season for the Anaheim Ducks. You're playing for that contract. Yeah, his profile is already super high. It is. Uh, with, the, with the pass in front to Sunday Milano and the, uh, the Michigan goals, uh, maybe there's uh, an idea that he's got to uh, round out his game a little bit more than just the, the skills. Uh, he's the poster boy in the NHL video game. He's all be super, super well-known around the National Hockey League. I, I don't know how much more his value goes up uh, with this, but the Anaheim Ducks can be sh- more sure of the next contract. He's a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. We'll be again uh, uh, when, he, when he signs this contract. So uh, a little bit more patience uh, I don't think is a bad idea. No, I, I don't think so either. And, you know, again, the flashiness is great, but if you're Pat Verbeek, you want to see similar numbers yep. to what you saw last year. You you want to see Trevor Zegers not struggle his second full season in the NHL. That's really what you want. And it goes against uh, some of the other contracts. Uh, I, I don't mind uh, being a little bit more patient than, say, the Buffalo Sabres were mm-hmm. uh, on a couple of deals. Jonathan Quick, uh, you used to be a big L.A. King fan growing up in the uh, in Southern California. Uh, he says that he plans on playing past, past his upcoming season, his 16th in the NHL. Yeah. He's entering the final year of that $10 million or 10-year contract. Uh, a contract that isn't even allowed anymore. Long as you can sign yeah. now is 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 eight years. Yeah. But he's finishing off a ten year contract. Okay, so number one, I, I didn't. There was a period of time where I did not think Jonathan Quick was going to finish that contract with the Los Angeles Kings or finish it at all. Uh, if he decides to play beyond this season. Part of me doesn't want to see it be with anyone but the Los Angeles Kings. I feel like if there was a candidate for lifetime goaltender with the Los Angeles Kings, it should be Jonathan Quick. Uh, he's just going to be on a, a much, much smaller deal. $5.8 million right yeah. now yeah, well, per year. Much smaller. Yeah, yeah. I guess, uh, I guess he will take uh, some kind of trim. Uh, the Czech Foreign Ministry. This involves uh, the international games uh, mm-hmm. that are coming up. Yep. Uh, the Czech Foreign Ministry has told the San Jose Sharks and the Nashville Predators they will not welcome Russian-born players into the country for the Global Series games mm-hmm. scheduled for October 7th and 8th in Prague. Uh, that has an impact. Uh, Mike Greer of the San Jose Sharks telling reporters that the NHL is handling the situation but he explained his position is we all go or we don't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Jose Sharks have uh, Verbanov uh, and Svechnikov uh, involved with the organization. Uh, right now, according to the stance of the Czech foreign ministry, they wouldn't be allowed to participate. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's a delicate situation, obviously. So that's first and foremost. But I applaud Mike Greer 
uh, for being as steadfast and, and strong in his messaging today about, you know what, this is this is kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for some of these players. And, um, you know, the simple fact is if, if our whole team doesn't get to go, we're not going. Yeah, this is a direct response to the situation yeah. in the Ukraine, uh, which uh, Ukraine has been invaded by Russia. Right. So uh, response, and uh, we all know if you're any type of... Uh, uh, history buff that uh, the relationship between Russia and uh, Czechoslovakia, Czech Republic, uh, now uh, is is uh, very uh, scattered with uh, all kinds of conflict. Yeah, we have uh, an update from the Arizona Coyotes. A- Andrew Ladd hmm. failed his physical. Yeah, due the lingering knee issue, uh, he'll be placed on injury reserve and. Uh, has a, a much greater impact uh, with uh, the salary cap and what they deal with, but also the trade. Mm-hmm. Arizona agreed to take on Ladd's contract from the New York Islanders in the summer of 2021. It had a condition. Basically, if this exact scenario happened, yeah. Ladd not being able to play would mean that the New York Islanders would owe the Coyotes yep. a third-round draft pick next year. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting how it played out just like that. The Coyotes are playing 3D chess when everyone else is playing checkers. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, uh, I mean, Coyotes, they take on contracts. Uh, they're willing, yes. to, willing to pay. But they get, they get a third-round choice over uh, if, if Ladd doesn't play, and mm-hmm. Ladd wasn't exactly... Uh, going to play too much longer anyway. Yeah, but uh, I, I find that uh, that kind of fascinating. Yeah, no, you you, you and me both. Um, you know, it sucks for Andrew Ladd. Like, totally. number one, sucks for him. But uh, you know, the Arizona Coyotes—they are stockpiling, and, and they've been in the process of stockpiling picks and utilizing their cap space to ensure the cupboard is fully stocked for <clears throat> Austin Matthews. So yeah, well done. Here's one for you. Ryan Ellis, the Philadelphia Flyers, yeah. uh, injury plagued the year last year, uh, will not play this season, according to Chuck Fletcher of the Philadelphia Flyers. Not expected to be in the lineup. Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, you know, again, the the trade involving Ryan Ellis and, and it has ties to the Vegas Golden Knights with Cody Glass and Nolan Patrick, all that. Um you make that trade because you want Ryan Ellis healthy and available and ready to play, and it just has not worked out for the Philadelphia Flyers or for Ryan Ellis. Uh, the whole Ellis injury is just as uh, muddy as his yeah. future right now. Confusing. It could, it could be career-ending, yeah. uh, what he's going through. Yeah. But uh, but there's all kinds of, like, one injury leads to another, and there's it's it's weird he was limited to four games uh last year mm-hmm. he's got the hip and the adductor and uh another torn muscle it's 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 not pretty when it comes to ryan ellis who they were hoping would really be able to step in and solidify that blue line yeah yeah not great uh let's take a break uh when we continue we'll give you the winner of the four pack of tickets as well as catching up with chapman on a jam-packed edition of the vgk insider show When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So just going to put out there that it was very, very nice to be back at uh, 
City National today. First time in, in a few months, but first time in, in what seemed like years. Has that been years. It has been years that we were back in the locker room. And the one thing I noticed is a lot of lockers have moved around. Like I was looking for like certain guys to be in certain places. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. And it's, it's kind of strange because this is now Alex Petrangelo's third season with the Golden Knights. But this is the first season myself, Ryan, and, and everyone else in the media will actually be able to talk to him after practice because it was a, a press conference set up the last year. And then two years ago, everything was on Zoom. So uh, kind of fun to be back. And, and I just can't wait to start talking some more to, to, to the guys on the team. And Will Carlson was in the last group today, so you didn't get a chance to I see did, him. I did see him. I got to congratulate him <laughs> and uh, tell him I'll talk to him tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, that was a fun show today. Jam-packed. Can't wait to do it again tomorrow from VGK Training Camp on Fox Sports Las Vegas.